Hey everybody, this is Lonnie Sweet from the Sweet Management Group, and you are either listening to or watching the Never Sell Ice to Eskimos podcast, where we talk to uh, sales executives from the culinary, sports, general business, and entertainment worlds about their journey, uh, about being a salesperson in this industry, and what it took to get to where they are today. So whether you're listening in your earbuds, you're sitting in front of your computer, I appreciate you stopping by and hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, this is Lonnie Sweet, uh, CEO of Sweet Management Group, formerly the Connect Group, and this is the Never Sell Ice to Eskimos podcast. A little <laughs> bit of a different background right now because uh, power was out in my office and I'm sitting on my third floor and I'm blurred out because I don't want you to see what the hell's behind me. Um, I am excited today because I've got another um, old friend of mine, and I say old, but again, she's not old and I'm not old, but we go way back. Um, Young Courtney spirits. Carter, Young really spirit. way back, right? Um, <laughs> Courtney is um, the founder and CEO of Carter Media Group. Um, she also founded a charity called Ally to Action. Um, she's got a bunch of angel projects. She's also um, one of the owners um, in the LA women's soccer team. Um, and she's just cool as shit, I mean, to be more than honest with you, right? So Courtney and I go way back to when she was working at Soccer United Marketing years ago. Um, and now she, she's doing some really amazing things. So Courtney, thank you for being here. And, and um, as I was saying before, it really is great to see you. Lonnie, uh, you are a legend. Uh, that was an amazing, was amazing introduction. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, hopefully I can live up to it on, in the conversation. But uh, it's funny, I was thinking about it today, knowing we were, we were going to be doing this. I was like, when did Lonnie and I first meet? Um, I just, I, I, and I, I think I remembered it. I need you to tell me if I'm right here. I think it was at the Starbucks around the corner from the SUM office, from the Soccer United Marketing offices on like, 37th and Lex or something like that. Like it was like a, it was like a corner Starbucks by the New York sports club, I think. And I think we sat at the window and I just remember you, I forget exactly what you were pitching me or talking to me about. I was selling you something. I'm sure you were selling me something for sure, but definitely not nice. Perfect segue into uh, this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just was like, I like this guy. I really like this guy. I will say this is when you, I think you just had your first child. So this was 14, 14 years, years ago. ago. So, so mm -hmm. I think um, I was, God, you caught me actually at the end, at, at the back end of my talent side. So I think uh -huh. I was working at a company called MSL, which I was there yes. for like a year and a half, or it was there for a short period of time. It was after SFX, it was after IMG. I went to MS, MSL. We at the time were creating a football property, but I think we were trying to do something similar in some. And yep. like, you know, the guy that I was working for at the time, I think tried to pitch Kathy and we got sure. pitched thrown out to you. And they were like, Line, go, go meet with Courtney and figure out what you could do. <laughs> and, I, and listen, I think it's a really good segue into this conversation because, and I was talking about this with Reena Anderson um, on another podcast I love as well. She's amazing. She's the best. Right? She's so great. Like, amazing. Yeah. Reena and I go back to 20 years ago when she was working in the arena football league and I was at SFX, yeah. I was an intern and we share an office space. And so what Amazing. I think is really interesting when I think, when I, when I think about sales and when I think about relationship building, being able to maintain relationships over an elongated period of time, because mm -hmm. you never really know, right? Like never know. you never really know where a Starbucks coffee, when I was selling something, I wasn't even selling something, but we had a <laughs> chance meeting, right? I clearly didn't close the deal with you, but we had a chance meeting and our relationship has been over the last 15 years, almost just like this. Hey, I'm coming to LA. You want to grab 
you know, lunch right. or you're working at ESPN, like, hey, let's just go to, let's go to the Smith and have lunch together. Let's, totally. you know, when you were, when you were getting into the talent side, right. You know, because you weren't always in talent and you were at yeah. ESPN and then you went to CA and started your own thing. I, I value, I personally really value those relationships and this relationship because it's not, and I think this is something I, I by the way, this is something I've learned over the years. It's been very hard for me. Okay. It's not always trying to get something. It's not always no. trying to sell something. It, it is truly about, and I heard Jesse Itzler saying this today on some Instagram thing earlier, like being able to just stay in contact with people and build relationships with people for no other reason than just to check in and say hi. And, and because you're a friend, those yeah. things usually end to something good. And even if they don't, it doesn't matter. You, you got a friendship, so it's good anyway. Right. But that's yeah. where business is done with people mm -hmm. you like. And you got to start liking people by getting together and having coffee. So, and, and I feel like, like I mentioned just before, when we met, I was like, I like this guy, you know, you know, when you sit with somebody that you, that you, you know, excuse my language, you fuck with them, you know? And so I think you and I had decided regardless if in that one pitch or that one moment, whether we work together, you did such a great job in staying in touch with me. And then I was like, yeah, I want to stay in touch with this guy. And we've kind of both reinvented or, or, or pivoted in our lives and careers um, over the last 15 years. And I think every single time we have, we've updated each other. I think you may have been better at it than me. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I have a lot to learn from you um, in that way. I've always really respected how well you have kept in touch. And, um, and, and so, yeah, I, 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 it's fun to be here. It's fun to like reconnect in more unofficial. Yeah. I'm, I'm honored that you uh, gave me a call to, to join and, uh, hop in this zoom and podcast with you and congratulations on deciding to you know like I think I've also done this moment where you're like god I have great relationships yeah there could there could be really great conversation that comes from some of these things and um you know there's not a lot of people who put those things into action so congrats and thank I, you for I, having me I just love I told you before we hopped on I love the idea and I wish I could just listen to other people's conversations. And yeah. I think sometimes like Forge and I always joke around like, hey, maybe we should just do a podcast because our conversations are the stupidest fucking things in the world, right? Like we like our arguments are the dumbest arguments and we literally go on rants. Like we've had one argument about whether or not you can be French Canadian or not. It is, can you really be French Canadian or are you just French living in Canada? It's honestly been an argument for 13 years. I think it depends on where you're born. Well, no, no, no. He, he, he says you cannot be French Canadian. You are either French living in Canada or you're Canadian and you speak French. I think that's bullshit because people identify themselves as French Canadian. Okay, so is, here's a question. Are you, are you, uh, am, I I an, am I an Italian American? That's my whole point. Am I a right? European American as people, uh, you know, through the last few years, I mean, I've learned so much in founding Allied to Action, which was, you know, a, a, a nonprofit I created in the wake of, George Floyd, Maude Arbery's murder and Breonna Taylor and everything, the, the horrific happenings in early 2020 that uh, have really kind of opened so many folks up. And I think there was somebody I was in a conversation with, actually it was an old advisor of Bill Clinton's and you know, uh, an older black gentleman who prefers to go by um, African-American and then uh, European-American for anyone who is of the Caucasian complexion because you know, white is uh, qu quite of a blanket statement. Um, and it, it was fascinating. It was fascinating. Yeah. I haven't really heard many other people outside of him say that, but um, I would say French Canadian could be a thing. 
I, I feel like now I just want to be American. Like, I don't know how many generations you have oh, to God, be here. Oh, God, don't get me started. <laughs> no, but, but I don't know how many generations you have to live in America to say you're American. If I was living in Italy and somebody said, what are you? You would say I'm American. Sure. But why can't you say that living in America? Like, if, you were, if you're an Italian, right, if you're in Italy and you were, and, and you, you know, you say you're Italian. You don't say I'm yeah. like French Italian or I'm British But if people Italian. ask me what my uh, ethnic background is, I say Italian. Yeah, but yeah, how many generations have you been here though? Two. Two. So you're really, again, at what point, we all go back to somewhere. It's right. not It's not the United States, right? We're back to right. somewhere. And it's probably yeah. not even back to Italy. It's probably back further somewhere. So like, yeah, when do you Africa. stop doing that? Anyway, yeah. That has nothing here to do with go. selling. Here right. we go. We're talking about sales. <laughs> So let's do this. Give, give me two seconds, right? I'm, I just want people to understand like what Carter Media Group is, what Allied to Action is. Like, give me a, a, a quick two cents of kind of what you're doing now. Sure. You know, look, I came out to LA eight and a half years ago uh, to CAA um, to help really start an area of the business in that in the agency that kind of focused on building the brand narratives of non-scripted talent. And, and, and a part of that I really kind of unearthed and was kind of at the tip of the spear of the democratization of content. So, you know, the, the emergence in a real way of, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Vine, you know, all of these um, places where new talent was cropping up and creating audience of their, of their own, right? Historically, media companies, studios, right, have the audience. And then hopefully the talent gets to do a deal with the places who have the audience uh, and then advertisers get to, you know, hopefully uh, uh, benefit from that in a sales capacity, right? It was a very, it was a system and, and it was such a disruption to the system. And so it was really cool to be at CA at that time. Uh, I became a founding agent in the digital talent uh, packaging and brand partnerships group, uh, and and was was lucky enough to learn from really smart people and really kind of just see from from a different vantage point how sports entertainment right like in all these other words was really shifting, um, and and while I was in there you know I was really able to work with some amazing talent and in a certain place as an agent um, you kind of get bogged down in details and yeah. weeds and so. Um, and, and, and people are like, you need to sign more talent. And you're like, why? I got to like send these emails. So, uh, you have to give them to a manager, right? That's kind of, you have to sign them to a management company who handles kind of all of the relational stuff. Uh, so an agent can kind of stay more transactional. Um, and long story short, uh, there was a white space in the industry for, um, management companies who truly understood the new creator, the new talent that was cropping up in the mm. spaces. And frankly, also, I think. Uh, people who knew and understood and focused on BIPOC talent, um, because traditionally, again, systems are in place that have not been welcoming to, you know, large audiences of people and large groups of talent, um, namely people of color and women. Um, and so I was, I had a hard time finding my, my talent management. <laughs> And want really? yeah, and uh, that that got it right. That like knew and understood. Yeah. Okay, this is how we can innovate. This is how we can disrupt, and and not just like plug and play in the system. That it. That, by the way, plug and play works. The system does work yeah. for certain people. Um, and so uh, one of my one of my clients, uh, phenomenal talent by the name of Eliza Koshi, 
she just was like, look, how about you be my manager and producing partner? We were able to figure it out. Um, took a 60% pay cut, you know, it's uh, not, and it's not, it's not a small client by the way at the time. And she's not, you know, yeah. Yeah. she, she yeah. was a, a significant personality. And, and to your point, being one of the beginning, I mean, she went from Vine. I mean, she yeah, she was, on she Vine, was right? only on, yeah, she started on Vine. And, and at that time she was still very young, you know, 18 and, yeah. Um, didn't, didn't know what she didn't know. And, you know, because of my background in sport entertainment and television, you know, I understood the whole landscape and like, okay, we have to approach, um, the, the entirety and the future of your career, not just from a siloed place. Right. And we need to diversify. And so I, I had another phenomenal client by the name of ghetto gastro. Um, and they said, Hey, you're CAA to us. They came. And so I started CMG with, with two clients and really with the vision of, working with disruptive, innovative, and inclusive talent, right? People who are seeing opportunities and deciding, hey, I want to go in there and I want to do it differently. Right. Um, and with, with an intention and a purpose. And, and also to your point about relationships and like getting to work with the people you want to work with, um, I, I was like, great, well, then we're going to work with the people that I want to work with, <laughs> right? And, 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 and kind of trade on the relationships that I built over the last, you know, at that time, I guess, 15 years, uh, 15, 16 years. And, and so it's, it's been five and a half years, which has been amazing. We have amazing. eight very um, eclectic kinds of talents, but the thing that's a through line is they're all shaping culture or shaping energy in the space in which they are right. differently. Right. So awesome. ghetto gastro and like culinary, right. You have Salema Masakela. Some know him as Sal Masakela, the big ass, big host of the X games. Been um, around, we, one of the been around. He's, yeah. he's a legend, you know, yeah. but like, you know, he was the only person of color in a very, you know, European American, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, space of, of action sports and, and outside sports. Right. Um, and so he's really just been this voice and this beacon um, in the last couple of years, as you can imagine, you know, unfortunately, really, he was reclaimed his real, his name as, as Salema. And again, we help, uh, I keep going, but I could talk about my clients forever, but essentially we, we like to kind of take it all the way down to the sticks using kind of a, uh, a building metaphor or analogy. And we say, okay, why are you doing this? And we take all of our clients down to the sticks and say, let's figure out why the why first. Right. Once we understand the why, we help, we come in and we consult and advise in building the brand in the spaces that they've traditionally been in and then help advise and then move forward in new spaces and new ways, again, to innovate and shape um, and reach different audiences. And so we work literally the gamut 360 across all areas of business. Um, and, you know, this is a sales podcast and, you know, people are like, oh, you're in management. I was like, no, no, what I do is I represent, I have the honor of representing the missions, the purposes, the intentions of some really impactful voices in our world. And my, I sell them every day. I have the honor of representing their stories every day. You so know, I was going to ask you that because I find, you know, I think most of the people I'm having on this podcast, I would, I would call more traditional salespeople, right? Like sure. they've got the NFL to sell, they got to, I find they have a piece of IP. They have like a, they have a mark. Yeah, something, right? right. You're, right. you're. I want to say you're more like me, and that what we hold is air, right? Like a human being isn't a widget, 
And so yeah. a human being doesn't cost X and you sell it for Y. It, right. It's not that way at all. The rate right? card. You, hey, yeah. hey, Lottie, give me the rate card. You're like, yeah, mm, it's, exactly. we don't have so that. <laughs> I, I'm excited to have you on because you're as much a marketer as you are a salesperson. And in my mind, again, part of the purpose of this this podcast is to like demystify what a salesperson looks like, acts mm -hmm. like, is right. Because at the end of the day, but you're you're what you said before about like shifting culture and they're culture makers. Just because you're transacting and there's revenue attached to it, sure. right, which is technically a sale, doesn't mean. Like that's a negative, it's not a negative thing. It always really frustrates me. Like I tell people all the time, like, yes, I'm going to manage our exit, but I'm in sales and I'm the proudest salesperson in the world because at the end of the day, like that's how business operates. Unless you're not- Also, that's how you pay your bills. You right. are helping somebody literally live the life they live. believe they were Agreed. put on the earth to live. Which is amazing. It, it's yeah. such an honor. Like the responsibility that lies on me and my employees' shoulders, you know, and really? like it can be it can be crippling sometimes, 100%. you know, because you know when you get that phone call and you're like, "Here's the deal," so I need a check, you know, or I, you know, this is happening, and you're like, "Okay, we've got to we got to make some calls, we got to do some things," um, you know, and and the and the money is lumpy. I say sometimes in our business, the money can be very lumpy, you know. Like it'll all it'll come in once a year instead of, you know, unless you kind of are smart enough to figure out payment plans and stuff like that. But usually when people want that lump sum. It's better for taxes and what have you. So lots of reasons. You know, lots of reasons. And so, you know, I I do not take it for granted that people trust, you know, CMG to represent not only their reputation and their brand, but it's like their life. It's their livelihood. Oh my God. Hells yeah. I mean, I feel the same way. Like Listen, when you know how many of your clients have kids, but when they start having kids, it gets even more real, right? Yeah. Because when you start like, listen, Forge owns son and Sonny. And like I can see, you know, Mark's family. And like I look at right. Sonny, and it's like, listen, my 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 job is not only now for him and his wife Kristen, but it's also for Sonny. Now, I don't right. do my job. That kid's yeah. life is gonna be impacted, right? But if I do my job well, it's impacted in a positive way, right? And so yeah, it's, it's, you forget that we deal with with people's lives and careers and they've entrusted us to actually do that. Um, but it makes it makes it that much more rewarding too. Like when it works, it's amazing. hundred percent. I think it takes it takes an emotional intelligence that I don't think um, every person has or wants to actually have the responsibility of either. Lonnie, I think you and I are very we're cut from a very similar cloth. I, you know, you're very empathetic, but you're also you know such a dynamic human um that happens to just be a natural salesperson like it's just a part of who you are mm -hmm. and it's not disingenuous right i think that there are some people who are like i just want to go to a job i'm good at selling stuff i'm going to sell the stuff and i'm going to make some money and i want to go home like right. i wake up really jealous of those people sometimes who do i i agree with you 100%. and i used to i mean for, for everyone listen, listening, you know, my, my background is selling intellectual property rights for sports, right? Or right. media rights and, you know, driving incremental revenue for, you know, a media company based on creative ideas. And, you know, for me, I, I really, truly, um, I think our superpower, I know our superpower and my personal superpower is essentially being a transmuter. Um, between somebody who has an objective, um, an audience they want to reach, a message they want to get out there, and then I become a translator um, into whatever I'm working with or representing, whether that's a, 
you know, a league, a person, a, a, you know, a, a trademark, um, a message in order to help tell that message through that vehicle. Yeah. And, and that is to me, the fun part, that's the art, right? The marketing, you just gonna, I'm a marketer. I think that's the, the people are like, Oh, you've worked at, you know, you've worked at Nike, right? I'm like, no, I just born and raised in Portland. I know a lot of people who work there. I've, you know, I feel like by way of what we do, we have to become masters of whoever we're trying to translate the message for. Yeah. And so a lot of the time I'm like, I may, may as well have worked at these places, yeah. you know, because it's like, I've got to know it so well in order to tell them what they can't see. So how do you get to this point, Gordon? Forget like the clients and forget kind of foundations and the actual stuff. How do yeah. you like personally, because I, I, what I, the other thing I find really interesting and what I've, um, what I want what I like to talk to people about and what I, what I think is helpful for younger kids that are getting into whatever they're doing yeah. is everybody's got a different sales style right? That took me a really long time to try to figure out, right? Like, there's not one way. There's not one way to close a deal, to talk to people, to engage with an audience, to be in a room, to command a room. Everybody does it differently. Some yep. of the best people I've ever seen, Alan Zucker, I think is one of the best sales guys I've ever met in my life. He is vastly different than me, right? Yeah. Vastly different than me. So I'm curious, like, how did you figure out, like, and I'm sure you're still figuring it out, because I know that I am, right? Mm -hmm. How did you get to here, right? Like, what were kind of some of the things that you challenged yourself professionally, like emotionally, like spiritually, like how, how did, what were some of the steps? That's such a big those? question. It is a big Lonnie? question. Damn. Um, I've done a lot of work in this, not specifically as it pertains to sales, but I think it's like, you know, why do I do what I do? You know, answering kind of those more like big meta questions. Yep. And it goes down to my, like my childhood um, and I started selling things, Lonnie, when I was four. Okay. So it's definitely just a part of who I am, but the question was why? And I think it's because I always wanted to create things that brought joy, um, or experience to people. Um, and so as an example, like I went to the fair with my dad, um, I was four, uh, four, five. And I just remember going through and there were rocks that were painted. And my dad, I said, what are, why are, what are those? And my dad said, like, people paint run, they put them in their garden. And uh, next thing you know, um, when we got home, I grabbed all the rocks in our pebble <laughs> and I grabbed my paint and painted rocks. And my parents didn't even know I had left the house and started selling rocks, painted rocks door to door. I love it. Came back with like five bucks or something, right? And, A lot of money um, back then, 10 years ago. I mean, <laughs> inflation. Uh, <laughs> 1985, um, you know, and, 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 and then the next thing I did, I went to a, you know, Easter P Peter rabbit pancake breakfast or something. And like that my preschool put on and there were, you know, little games, right. You know, the little like hook the fish yeah. over. And, and I just was like, mom, dad, why this would be fun. We should make a carnival. So when I started the Carter carnival, in our driveway, it was an annual thing. We made the games, we sold tickets for 10 cents. I've just yes. always been this entrepreneur, which for me was always about unifying people, bringing people to a place to enjoy themselves and each other. And so, um, you know, and then if you now like fast forward to where I'm at and the things I've done, I've always just, whether that's playing soccer and I was always kind of the captain, I was always about bringing everyone on the same page, like towards a common goal, right? 
And so when I look at my style of sales, it's always about, I want to understand why you need to do the thing, why you need to sell the widget, why you need to get the message out. And then since I understand what I represent so well, now it's my turn to tell you a story about how your widget is sold through my vehicle. Mm. And that is unification to benefit the whole. And that for me is kind of like how I've always, and I didn't really figure it out until truly this year, Bonnie, that like it went all the way back to when I was a kid. And that was all very subconscious, right? Like I wasn't like, oh, I want to bring people together. That wasn't, it was very, it was very subconscious. Um, um, and so, but now, you know, and beautiful age of 40 and I, you, you get to this age and you go, okay, what and why am I doing what I'm doing? Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm very lucky to have had parents who were really supportive of my crazy, fun, entrepreneurial ideas. And, you know, um, they, they also sold things over the years, whether that was Amway or, you know, my mom sold Doncaster, which was like a in-home women's brand. And, you know, my dad was always, you know, kind of on the sales side of title insurance and escrow. And so, I mean, I say all that to say my style is very, not about selling the thing. It's about telling the story correctly. Seeking and if I don't think stand before you want to be understood. A hundred percent. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to steal that. I'm going to steal that. Yeah. I, I don't um, think, I, I don't think that was mine. I think somebody else definitely said that. Yeah. So sure we're going to, you know, we can font underneath <laughs> who, who said that, but yeah, I just, that, that part. And then that's the fun part too. I always yeah. used to say when I was at some, it was like, you know, we were so lean back in the day um, from, from cold call to, to like close my favorite part of the business or that, that journey was like, if, if this is A and this is Z, I really loved like H through R, yeah. which, which was the creative part, which was like meeting, understanding the marketing objectives, really then kind of getting creative and creating things that hadn't ever been done before to mm. then do it and then making it happen. Right. Um, you know, the, the cold calling wasn't my favorite and neither was the, the contract stuff. But. Right. So, so let me, as an entrepreneur, but by the way, I just yeah. want to let you know, I, I hate that word. And I, and here's why, why this is why I hate the word. I hate okay. the word because it's got a sexy connotation to it, right? Like people think you're an entrepreneur and you're like, you're like the reality, you're like a fancy tech person that's got that flying out of private jet. Yeah. Reality right. is like being an entrepreneur sucks 85% of the time, right? Because like, I, and the reason I thought about this, I started this company, We Feast, like two and a half years ago, and I was sitting inside a cooler in Pat Lafreda's butcher, you know, he owns like a 10,000 yeah. square, it was 32 degrees in there, and I'm on my hands and knees packing boxes, and I went outside, and somebody's like, yeah, you're an entrepreneur. I was like, fucking entrepreneur. I was like, I got a, I have a, I have a hat, I have a, a hat on with a whatever, I got something covered in my beard, and I'm freezing. I was like, this is not a sexy thing. So anyway, I, I use the word entrepreneur, but it's like the vast majority of being an entrepreneur is like stressful and painful and rewarding. Um, but yeah. it's like, it's like in the media, the word entrepreneur gets thrown around. Needless it's to say, true. you're an entrepreneur, right? And you, you can be, you can, there's different levels of entrepreneurship yeah, of too. So I feel like, yeah, of course. sorry, go with your question. But my question is, how do you balance because you're a small business, I'm a small business, right? We're not the NFL, we're not some, we're not... How do you balance everything that you just said, right? Mm -hmm. About the way you envision selling, the way that you, um, like the why mm -hmm. with transactions and revenue. Because sometimes 
you need, at least I can, from my experience, you need to just fucking transact and make some money. Volume. And right. clients right. demand it too. Like, hey, I love the why. We got the why set. I need you to now go close some damn deals for me. Like, how do you balance that? That's hard. I mean, I don't think that no. there's a, I don't think there, it's a mathematical equation. I think that, um, I think the market has moments. And I mm. think that, you know, truly understanding um, how the market moves and the timelines in which they move and being able to get ahead of it and, and forecast, okay, I know that my client's going to drop a book on this date. Okay. Mm. How long do I know a marketer needs to make a decision for a budget to, in order, you know, in order to make something like that happen. And so you have to be strategic. Um, I, I think without strategy, you know, you can get lucky, but I think, I think luck you know, money doesn't, I say manna from heaven. Sometimes those deals that just like the calls you get and you're like, ah, oh, this is manna from heaven. This is just I love bread. I love those right? so those, they're the best. They're the best yeah. calls, but they don't happen very often. Right. Um, right. So, you know, I think, I think for me, the, 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 the funnel has to be there. Um, and, you know, I think to your point about being a small, you know, business entrepreneur, you've got to, you've got to be out in the world. And, you know, I know for the last couple of years, that's been difficult, um, but it's, you got to be out with the people. You have to re-engage with the relationships. And to your point, they may not always be a deal, but you never know where that person is going to be next. And they might be representing the brand or the business that um, might be the perfect thing for, you know, what you're working, what you're selling, um, to just be blunt about it. Um, and you can, and you can get right to the point. Right. I think that's the other thing is when you get to a certain level, you don't have to like pussyfoot around it. It's like, hey, Lonnie, here's a deal. I got a thing. Here's what it is. Yeah. Is there any interest? And the one thing I am so grateful for New York, because, you know, I'm from Oregon, you know, born and raised, and um, I never really felt like I fit. But when I got to New York City, I was like, ah, these are my people, right? The speed. Yeah. The speed. And, um, but, but also the transparency. So, the speed and the honesty. The, um, the bluntness. I don't have time. I don't want to waste your time. Right. I don't need you to waste my time. There's definitely the niceties that happen, the relational stuff. But at a certain point, it's like, hey, I know your time is money. My time is also that. So let's just like stop beating around the bush and, and get there. Right. Yeah. And so now I can be very clear at the start of a relationship. Hey, I wanna, I'm going to tell you about our clients. I'm going to tell you about who we are and what we do. If there's something to do together, let's keep talking. If there's not, let's keep in touch. Yeah. Right. Um, because I think the time is so important, and and you know, families and uh, it, it's 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 one thing that I think people do forget. But yeah, volume and deal deal making is. Um, I wish it was more of a science and an art, but yeah. I think it is very much of an art. Um, and you know, I think then you're talking about employees and someone who's going to stay on top of those relationships if it's not you and I think that's where I have a hard time is so I've got to run my business I've got to manage my employees I want to see them grow because it's important for me that they grow in in their career um but like my LinkedIn sits I'm not on that like I need to be yeah. I'm gonna raise my hand and say like I have there's amazing people that I wish I got to talk to every day um, that, you know, we've, I've had the, 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 the honor of like working with or around and, you know, women in sports and events was such, is such an amazing organization that I was involved in. That's how I know Rini really, you know, and, um, it's like engaging 
with people. I think in COVID and pandemic, it actually, I got to re-engage with a lot of people because people were seeking yeah. that reconnection. Um, and, you know, I just, there's just not enough time in the day, right? I wish I had another yeah. me that was just staying in contact with like all of the people. Yeah. So it, it's like, let's so, make a software. Let's make a software, Lonnie. Let's well, just. So, so this is what Jesse Itzler said today on a, I was just, again, I, he, I don't know if you follow him or knew who he is. The guy's who is he? Jesse Itzler. He started, um, well, he, he was a white rapper and he wrote the go New York, go New York, go song. For, of course. And then I was he, there. Did it for, he almost did it for almost every single um, team, uh, every single team. He partnered with Kenny Dichter. They started Alphabet City. He sold it to SFX. Then he started Marquee Jet. And he's just his wife, by the way, also started uh, Spanx. Right. So, yes. Oh, almost, I totally know. Got it. Yes. He's amazing. Together. He's amazing. Yeah. So if you follow him on Instagram, the guy's uh, an awesome follow. And I saw him today and he was like, I've got a I've got a top 50 people that can move the needle in my life one way or another. And my job is to maintain contact with them, not mm. just pinging them to stay relevant. And it's like, hey, how's your day going? I just popped up in your mind, was just thinking about yep. you. How's your family? Happy birthday for no other reason, just to stay relevant because Connection. I've always found, and the reason why I ping people all the time is really for that, right? Okay. It's because the universe works in a mysterious ways, right? It's no accident that when you think about somebody, you get a phone call, like that just, it happens way too often to be an accident. It, it really does in my mind. So when yeah. you stay relevant and you stay in contact with people, you just never know when they're thinking about something that you potentially could be a solution for. It, it, or you totally. can help. And, but that really does go back to these relationships, right? And, and yeah. foundationally, my issue with transactions, like I always... Listen, I'm still cold calling, partly because I like it. I, I kind of <laughs> like cold calling and cold emailing and trying to unearth opportunities that weren't sure. there before. Hunt and gather. I get, I get jazzed out of it, yeah. um, but I really dig staying in touch with people. And I really dig those phone calls that you get where you're like, dude, I'm so glad we connected last month. or reconnected last month. We grabbed drinks. Happens to be a deal that's coming across my table. It may make sense for one of your people. I love that because I did my job over 15 years. And, and Courtney, I know you know this better than anybody. I think about my clients and I think about deals that we do and they always seem easy to people. They always seem like, mm -hmm. oh shit, that was an easy deal. That was an easy deal. I know, and I, I'll use an example. American Cut was a deal that I brought to Mark Forgione, whatever, 10 years ago. The reason why we got that deal is because I stayed in touch with a guy named Joe Favorito. Joe Favorito put me in touch with Joe Jeff, right? So Jeff, yeah. Joe, when I started my company, put me in touch with a guy named Jeff who owned a place called the Superdome. Superdome, he hadn't asked me to sit on the board of his foundation, which a guy named Mike Brown sat on the board with. Mike Brown introduced me to a guy named Cheryl Penny. Cheryl Penny introduced me to a guy that we ended up doing the deal with. It took me 15 years to do that deal. It seemed like it took a month. Yeah. Like literally. And yeah. I, that to me is really like, that is sales in every ounce of the way. It's like 15 years ago, I built a relationship and I maintained it. And that's why we got that deal today. I mean, truer words have never been spoken. And I think yeah. it's, it's, I think an analogy in Hollywood that's used a lot is like, no one becomes, an, very rarely is someone an overnight success. 100%, right. They've been slogging it out. You know what I mean? And um, 
and and it just so happens that that one thing hits and then it's you're yeah. prepared because you put in the work and you you know you've 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 been on the sets or you've you know done had the reps and 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 athletes you know i think sports is a little different but um yeah 100 percent. You, you just yeah. do not know i i and you know i think the one thing that i don't like i, I think i this came up yesterday i had a I had a deal that kind of i woke up to an email that was very concerning and frustrating right when you've been very clear about something um you know deal terms are already figured out but then it's like the execution stuff and people are dropping balls because um i think where things can get hairy and execution is when there's too many agencies involved and um agencies are really trying to hold uh information from clients in order to package it in this like pretty box right um and so long story short there was a situation where that happened and obviously and you know uh, there were some some balls dropped that i was like look i'm sorry that seems like a you problem not a me problem and for legal reasons i need to cover um my bases here and we may need to negotiate a kill fee and and and, and just not have this happen just move on it's not meant to be it's not meant to be i think that's the other thing lonnie that i've learned over time it was really hard for me to learn do not try to force something that's not supposed to be i agree and i think as a salesperson we're always trained or it's just in 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 inside of us to be like don't lose get the deal always be closing always be closing it's gonna go it's gonna go sometimes the smartest thing to do is just be like i'm gonna release it no it's the most I'm powerful word of dictionary no i'm gonna release yeah. it and because guess what the money's gonna come i think yeah. that's the other thing is like the, the money will come if you're going in with the right intentions and you're 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 being you're going in with the right intentions and with integrity um it'll be all right it yeah. might hurt sometimes you know so what i mean th this may lead really this question may lead really well into that like i i try to ask everybody that I, on these podcasts like what was like what you think the biggest or one of the biggest mistakes that you made and, and like what did you learn from it i have a mm. i have so many it's crazy right like big mistakes that like in the moment i thought was literally going to destroy me and then when i look back i think man that was probably the best thing that ever happened to me in some ways mm -hmm. you have any of those i mean sure of course um i think if i'm to like think of something specifically i think it doesn't it's necessarily I, have to be a mistake or maybe just a lesson learned from something yeah that you I, did. I think to your point it's um when i try to hold on to something too closely Mm. I try to control it too much. Mm. The pr it can't be controlled. The pr if it's not, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be and let it go. Right. right. Um, I think the other thing is um, I, I'd like to say over my, my life personally and professionally, I'm, I'm, um, you've got two ears and one mouth. Right. And so to listen at least twice as much as you speak um, to really truly understand who you're with and what, um, and I think through therapy and a lot of things that I've learned, um, you know, going through life is is to to show up first with curiosity. Mm, I love that. And not have curiosity be like third or fourth on the list. Yeah, I love that. It's think, true. And so I'd say that because every time I'd show and I'd be like, okay, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get the meeting, or I've gotta, you know, like the the first thing was that. And it and it comes through. It's very. It can be very aggressive. 
you know what I mean? Like even the energy, my energy alone, I know I've learned also over time is can be very, very strong um, to use a simple word. Um, but if, if I, if I enter a room, if I enter a phone call, if I enter a conversation with, with a curious spirit and then uh, a, an intention to listen, yeah, that is always going to be a more beneficial conversation or experience than otherwise would have been. And when I was younger, I mean, even a year ago, maybe not. Right. Um, so that's, I mean, I think that that's something that has really started to serve me in a way. And then also just this like relief stress, like, yeah, that is, is not helpful to anyone. You know, it's funny you say that I, I've been thinking a lot lately about uh, by nature, like the tone of my voice, the way that I speak comes yeah. off as aggressive, right? Yeah. yeah. Com comes off as like, whatever, salesy in, in some ways, right? And sure. people, that, people that don't know me, whatever, right? And so I, I often think about like, how do I, how do I dial that back? And more lately, I've actually come to the conclusion, like, why dial it back when that's actually who I am? Right. Like the reality is like, if you can't deal with it, that's not really my issue. That's, that's a you issue. And so it, it's not necessarily, again, I think there's always moments and there's always rooms sure. that you've got to read and to step back and say like, now is not the time to be super aggressive, or maybe I need to dial back my tone, depending on who I'm talking to or whatever it may be. Sure. But generally speaking, I think figuring out your, your authentic you, whatever that yep. may be. And if that's aggressive, it's aggressive. If it's soft, it's soft. Like I find like that's where you become the best version of yourself is when you can mm -hmm. just be okay being you and not trying to be something else. Like the beginning of my career, I used to sit in rooms and be like, if I could just do that, or if I could just sell like that, or if I could just be the cool guy in the room that like made the joke and went golfing, like I'm never gonna be six, <laughs> I'm never gonna be six foot three. And I'm never going to be the best looking guy in the room. And I'm never going to be the best dressed guy in the room. Like, that's just not me. I will say, I'm liking the beard yeah. with the hair. Yeah. I like this look. Yeah, just so you Thank know. You. Thank you. But you know what I you mean? You guys, when I met Bonnie, you had a full head of hair. So yeah, no, I never, I haven't had a full head of hair in years. I just actually decided to shave I'm, it a couple of years ago. I like but it. But I think being comfortable in what you are and being okay with it. And by the way, I'm still not. And I'm still learning that. And that is an evolution. And it's like, totally. I always think like first moment is just like recognizing it and then trying to figure out how it kind of plays. You know, it's hard. It is. And I think in what I do and what we do, um, it can be difficult. You know, we tend to be quite 360 in the people we work with. Yeah. And when you try to be everything to someone, you can lose why they work with you in the first place or what mm. what's your superpower in the equation in the relationship right you kind of lose um lose the plot a little bit um and what your character is in the story um if you're trying to like play all the roles yeah and i think that's the most recent thing that i've learned is like you don't have to be everything to everyone you i need to focus on what and how do I continue to be the one who's differentiating and to double down on that yeah. and, and, and be okay. If that's a shift in the business model, right. It's be hard. okay. It's just yeah. hard, you know, um, and, and be okay. If, if it, if, if it feels uncomfortable for a minute, 
you know, um, and I think it all does go back down to really giving yourself time, energy, and space mm. to, to like, know what, what your thing is, what your superpower is. And, you know, big hats off to Jay Shetty, who's a dear friend. Um, I love and, you know, stuff, by the way. He's great on that. His content's great. He's phenomenal. And you know, we're speaking about, you know, something happens overnight, man, that guy is making videos that nobody watched for years yep. and years and years, you know, yep. when he left, you know, the monk life, like he talked to rooms with no people in it, you know, just to get the rep in when no one would show up. Yep. Right. And um, his heart is so good. And when he first went to LA, I was one of the first people he met and you know, we just became friends and, you know, for about four years. Uh, and then it was like, Hey, maybe should we work together? Should we not? And, you know, it was like, you know, let's try it. And if it does, if it doesn't work, let's make sure we get out of it. Right. Because our friendship matters too much to us. And, you know, ultimately we worked together for a little bit under a year and, and I'll never forget a conversation we had, um, which he kind of brought up, you know, like what he saw as, you know, my superpower and like kind of challenging me with my superpower. And it really was a, was a, a moment in my life. Right. It was it was a bit of a mirror moment with somebody I highly respect, um, who I who I love um, and care for. And I was disappointing. I was, you know, and 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 I, that hurts, you know, when you work with somebody and they're yeah. like, well, I'm just disappointed the D word, you know, yeah. um, in this thing. And, and you go, OK, all right. Well, maybe maybe I didn't, you know, do that thing um, in the way that there was maybe an expectation. And how do I get around that and how do I double down on the superpower? And so to be honest, the top of the year, I said, this is what I'm going to do for myself. Every quarter, I'm going to go away. I'm going to take myself away for two nights um, from my house. I'm going to go to Malibu or nothing, not like flying anywhere, um, but I'm going to have an offsite with myself every quarter. I love that. And I'm, and I'm going to recalibrate and ensure that I am on the track that I've committed that I would be on. Right. Because in what we do, and it can be fast, and we're flying here, and we're doing that, we're talking to these people, and you, you kind of just get on that hamster wheel, and you forget why you're on it sometimes. I agree. And so I've had two of these, you know, in the past six, seven months, and they have been highly effective for me personally, yeah. to just be like, straight, you know, straight, you know, wins the race type of, you know, to use a, uh, a biblical, you know, metaphor and analogy, but I am. Um, yeah, I think that's the other thing that I've learned, which is like, don't forget your superpower once you've identified it um, and lean into that. And the other stuff, hire out. <laughs> which, is, <laughs> you know? which, is not, which is not easy, by the way. No, especially when you're a small business and you don't have cash. But, um, you know, and if you don't hire out, then figure out how to change your business that makes sense for what you do. Um, and I think that's, you know, always trying to stay ahead of the curve is where I try to be. Um, and with everything moving so quickly, you know, you, you were asking me, like, do I call you a marketer? Do I call you a management company? Like it's a media company. And I'm like, they're all the same thing to me. They're all the same thing. We're all just, we're all just trying to tell a story and drive revenue and tell a story and drive revenue so we can pay our bills to tell more stories to go on holiday once a year <laughs> and, <laughs> you know? I th I and think love the, the people thing. to love and be loved like yeah. period end of story it's a it's a means to an end but i feel also really lucky to do what i do like people are like oh like how's your balance and i'm like i love what i do because what i do is what i love and 
you know, yes, do I want to like have peace and go for a walk on the beach and not think about anything, but God and myself? Yes, 100%. Um, it's not but, reality though, most of the time. It's not reality most of the time. And, and you know, I, I have created a business and work with people that I consider my family. And to be honest, they all love and support each other too. And that's really cool, Lonnie. Like every once in a while, I have every client in the same town at the same time. We've done it twice in five and a half years. Um, and most recently we did, um, I got a box at a Clipper game and everybody came out Amazing. and it was so great. You know what I mean? It was like brought their kids and we were just, we were just able to like be in community with each other. And, um, <clears throat> that's that. the important stuff. I agree. Well, listen, I, I'm, I'm running out of time. You're running out of time. Um, I could talk to you for hours. I, I, I love, <laughs> I love, I love your chi. I love the way that you look at life. I love the way that you operate your business. I'm appreciative for your friendship for sure, Courtney. Um, and I'm appreciative you coming on, coming on this with me right now. I really, I really am. This was a blast. It went way too fast. Um, you're hitting LA soon. So please, uh, let's grab some, stuff, some grub, some cocktails, all the things. I'll I'll shoot you a separate email. We'll, We'll make sure to get together then. All right. Congratulations on all. And thanks for having me on. Thanks Courtney. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye.